You're listening to another episode of Living Well with Eisenhower Health. Healthcare as it should be. Here's Bill Klaproth. Genetic counseling is available for people who have a cancer diagnosis or a family history of cancer who want to understand if they have a hereditary predisposition for cancer. Here to talk with us about the power of genetic testing is Dr. Lisa Medlensky, Director, Family Cancer Genetics Program at Moore's Cancer Center at UC San Diego Health, and Allison Sachs, Director, Community Outreach and Cancer Support Services at Eisenhower Lucy Kirchie Cancer Center. Dr. Medlensky and Allison, thank you so much for your time. Dr. Medlensky, let's start with you. What type of genetic counseling do you offer? So our program with um, Eisenhower is specifically for cancer genetic counseling, and that can include um, an assessment and genetic testing for people who themselves have a diagnosis of cancer. It can also be an assessment and possible genetic testing for people who have a family history of cancer. So those are the two main categories of of people that we um, provide this service for. Now, does an oncologist have to request the test, or can a patient request genetic testing without a referral? In most cases, it, it will be an oncologist that requests the test. And part of that is because um, I, I can be a little bit reassuring, I think, for a lot of listeners that the majority of cancers are, are not um, strongly genetic. And so often the oncologist will, will, you know, ask questions about family history. They're reviewing a patient's pathology report and looking at, you know, how old is this patient at the time that they were diagnosed. And putting that information together helps the oncologist determine if there's a possibility that this could be um, a, a genetic type of cancer, in which case the oncologist will, will make the referral. Um, a lot of times, though, people are aware of a very strong family history of cancer in their family and may wonder, you know, is there something I should be doing? Is there any extra screening I should consider? Um, is there genetic testing that can help me sort out what my personal level of cancer risk is? And in those cases, often people will self-refer. Um, we'll usually review their family history um, before we actually do a consult to see um, if it looks like a consult will, will be helpful for them or, you know, in some cases people are concerned because they have a close relative with cancer and, and worry that it could be genetic. But, you know, kind of like I said before, most of the time uh, a cancer diagnosis is, is not related to a strong genetic predisposition. So curious minds want to know what cancers can be genetic. Right. So um, this is this is one of the most common questions we get. And the top uh, four that we evaluate um, most frequently are um, ovarian cancer. Probably somewhere between 10 to 20 percent of all ovarian cancers um, are because of a strong genetic predisposition. So that's one cancer type we we recommend, even if there's no cancer in the family, um, that patients with ovarian cancer um, consider a, a genetics consultation or, or genetic testing. Um, for patients with breast cancer, um, the national guidelines recommend that every woman who has breast cancer before the age of 45 um, should consider a genetics consultation. For women with breast cancer over the age of 45, um, then we're really looking for people who have multiple cases of breast cancer in their family tree. 
So not just one, um, and sometimes not even two, but but typically three or more cases of breast cancer. Um, men with breast cancer, uh, that's a, a definite um, red flag that there's a possibility of something genetic going on. So men with breast cancer are automatically referred. Um, colorectal cancer is, again, a relatively common type of cancer. Only about 5% of those have a strong genetic cause. Um, but, uh, again, using age of diagnosis. So people who are diagnosed before age 45 with colorectal cancer um, should be referred or people who have multiple um, colon polyps, even if they don't have a cancer diagnosis. We usually say people with, who have 20 or more um, colon polyps should consider genetic referral. And then the fourth one is pancreatic cancer, and this is relatively new. Only about 5% of pancreatic cancers have a strong genetic predisposition. So again, that's kind of looking at what does the family history look like? Are there clusters of cancers that are in the family? What's the age of diagnosis? So we put all of those clues together um, and, and you know, try to help families understand if this could be the result of a genetic predisposition. And when someone gets tested, as far as the outcome of testing, what's the emotional impact of learning this information for the patient, particularly if there is something to share with family members about needing testing? Tell us about that. Right. That's a, that's a really good question. Um, we always, you know, kind of say in genetics that when we, when we order a test, it's, it's not just information for the patient or the person that we're seeing um, to order the test on. It's actually testing that provides information for all family members. And when we talk about the impact of that, um, you know, we, we like to think about it as um, information that can really be um, game-changing for a lot of families. The majority of people who undergo genetic testing will have negative test results because, again, a lot of these genes that are um, causing a greatly increased risk of cancer are really quite rare. So most people will end up with negative test results. But for the families where we do determine that there is a um, hereditary cancer predisposition or a high risk of cancer that is being passed on through the family, we want to be proactive about that. So emotionally, of course, it can always be um, distressing to learn that there's an increased risk of cancer either in yourself or in your family members. But we try to take that information and be proactive with it. Our focus is really on how can we use this information for cancer prevention and early detection. Um, and so when we try to, you know, be proactive and think about, well, this is information and it may be distressing at first, but how can we turn this around and use that information to um, avoid an advanced cancer diagnosis in family members in the future? In a lot of cases, it also gives people valuable information in that if we find a specific um, genetic mutation in a family and then those family members kind of branch out and pursue testing to find out, well, did I inherit this mutation or did I not? I know it's in my family, but I don't know if I personally have it. Um, all of the people who test negative, even though they have a family history of cancer, they're, you know, kind of off the hook from being at high risk. We think of them as being at, at just the average population risk of cancer. So in a lot of cases, we can give people reassurance that, look, you did not inherit um, 
the genetic predisposition that's present in your family. The people who did inherit it are at increased risk, but the people who did not inherit it are at average risk. And so they may not need to go through um, additional screening or medical testing or surveillance or um, use some of the options that we have for cancer prevention and early detection. So this prevention and early detection is so vitally important. And Allison, let's turn to you and talk about genetic counseling. What is the importance or benefits of having a genetic counselor? Well, I think listening with Dr. Madlinski pointed out so well those benefits. You know, with, with genetic testing so readily available today, the role that genetic counselor plays an even more vital part in understanding this complex field. And as I've said before, they're called counselors for a reason. Um, they don't only explain that positive test, as Dr. Madlinski said, but they help you figure out who your fa- with your family who might have the mutation, but also who might benefit from knowing the mutation. And talking with family members about a, ta- a positive test result and what that may mean that may not be easy. So um, decisions about what steps one might or might not have to take to lower risk of developing cancer, these can include medical procedures, and each family member has to make their own decision about being tested. You really need the knowledge and expertise of a genetic counselor to move you through that entire process. So knowledge, expertise, and certainly information to process all of this. That makes total sense. And Allison, I know you wanted to share a a short story with us about a patient. Why don't you go ahead and tell us about that patient now? Well, thank you. I'd like very much to do that. And this is about knowing your family history, knowing um, what questions to ask and not ask in your family. And I'm going to talk about Amy, which is obviously not her real name. And up until Amy's diagnosis of breast cancer, she had no health issues and lived what we all would consider an extremely healthy lifestyle, eating well and exercising regularly. Now, Amy was diagnosed with breast cancer, and she was completely frustrated and talked often about not having any of those risk factors that could lead to breast cancer. She just didn't understand. She did a lot of research. She was part of our breast information and support group, so we talked her through this. This went on for months. She kept doing more and more research, and she she kept coming in and saying, you know, I, I know that if you can be, a, you're obese, or I know if there's a great taste of alcohol, there might be some risk, and, and I know if you have certain religious or ethnic background, you could be at risk, but I don't have any of those things, and, and again, that frustration for her, she would joke often and saying, you know, I probably have some Jewish relatives in my background somewhere that no one's ever talking about. And this went on for a while with her, and she was so focused on the why me and how did this happen to me. Um, and her her mother finally stepped forward and, and hearing about the risk for breast cancer being higher for those of Ashkenazi, which is Eastern European Jewish descent, for the first time to this young 40-year-old, her mother revealed that she was actually adopted. And with further research, she was able, our Amy, to identify and find her birth parents and to track down their family history. They were uh, Ashkenazi Jews, and there was a family history of breast cancer. And with this new information, she then was seen by the genetic counselor. She was tested. She did have um, the positive test for the BRCA gene. So, I mean... 
Had we known about our family history prior to developing breast cancer, would that have made a difference? We're never going to know that. But we do know that had she known, she would have at least had the opportunity to meet and discuss with a genetic counselor. What steps could she have taken to lower her risk? And were there medical procedures she could have done to prevent that breast cancer? She did go on to have some medical procedures done to lower her risk for ovarian cancer. And I think this is just a great story about knowing your history, knowing the questions to ask, ask your doctor about family history and the purpose of genetic counseling and um, um, who, who do I go to for this? Um, not just doing a, a, a test that you can buy off a shelf where no one's there to go through all the steps with you and talk with you um, about what do you do with those results? So um, good story, good lesson to learn. It sure is. And again, back to that prevention and early detection and how this information can be so important. And we're lucky to live in an age now where we have advancements such as genetic testing. That's for sure. Well, Dr. Medlensky and Allison, thank you both for your time today and talking about genetic testing. To learn more about Eisenhower Health's affiliation with the UCSD Health Cancer Network and about genetic testing, call 760-674-3602 or visit eisenhowerhealth.org slash cancer. That's eisenhowerhealth.org slash cancer. This is Living Well with Eisenhower Health. I'm Bill Klaproth. Thanks for listening.